0: We are back for round two with $500,000 a year hair extensionist, Tania Crawford. Tania is one of my best friends. And let me tell you, she is an absolute rock star in the hair extension industry. You loved our first conversation so much that we are bringing Tania back for this part two. This is a valuable and to-the-point conversation about what it really takes to get to the very top of the industry. Plus, Tania has a very special announcement at the end of our conversation. I hope you enjoy this. Let's get to it. 50K Tania in the house again. Welcome back to the podcast. Whoop, whoop. She's back. We are in person in Charlotte, very excited here for the Rich House meetup and to record number two of our podcast together.
1: Totally. I'm so excited to be here.
0: Our podcast together was a fan favorite because let me tell you, when we talked on our podcast about how you bring in 50k a month from hair extensions, people had never heard of that before. Maybe some people have.
1: That's crazy. But
0: majority of people haven't heard of that before. Mm -hmm. Tell me your thoughts on that whole situation.
1: I wish more people knew that that was a possibility. I mean, our industry is so amazing. There are so many things you can do and so many ladders you can climb. And I think people don't really share or talk money. People are scared of talking about it. It's really important to know that there are people that take this business serious. This is not a hobby. This is a career. And you can be your own CEO and you can determine how much money you're going to make. I love that. Yes. I love like
0: building your hair extension business as a CEO, like keeping the business and your money on the top of your mind.
1: Absolutely.
0: Did you have that vision from the very beginning?
1: Absolutely. I always knew I was going to be in the beauty industry. Um, I just didn't know how to fully branch out. I mean, I come from a family where everyone has a degree. And I'm the first one that didn't follow through with that. I dropped out um, of pursuing that. And so I think I had to prove really hard that this was not just a fluke.
0: How did your family react or how did people around you react to that?
1: Oh, my mom was so mad. She was like, this is not a good idea. Like you need to get a college education. Like surprisingly, my dad, even though our relationship is kind of rocky like he was super supportive of it he said it's like you know artistic like he liked that it was creative sure he is a big believer you follow through with what you want to do because he didn't follow through with his Mm -hmm. degree either he kind of went on his own and did the entrepreneur thing and was very successful at it and um so i think he could see himself probably in me when I did that
0: did you expect to make 50k a month like looking back did you think 50k would be in your future as a hairstylist
1: absolutely I definitely had a visual in front of me and definitely no it was well I knew it was a possibility I know now you know as well it's reachable and you can do even more than that but I think it's important that if you want something you really have to visualize it there's no limit Mm -hmm. and um you know people doubted me when I started out like they didn't think this was a good idea for instance I had somebody tell me I mean this is not a career this is a hobby well that hair is a hobby it can't be a career exactly so (laughs) I'm like hmm how does it feel like your hobby makes you over 500k a year you know I mean
0: I'd say that's a career that's
1: definitely a career I think that's a career Tania you got
0: you a career
1: I think so, too. Uh, Mission accomplished, you know, but I think there's just such a stigma behind this career, like career choice, like people don't really know, and it's because of, you know, the people that don't take this seriously, you know, kitchen beautician, hair, not that there's anything wrong with that, but I mean, I want to go into an office and fulfill my job. Absolutely. You know, I take it seriously. Tell me about how you got started. Like what was the journey
0: like for you when you first started doing hair? Mm -hmm. Bring us up to speed sort of until now.
1: Yeah so I actually just had relocated from North Carolina to Florida. I was an assistant there um, and moved to Florida and had to completely rebuild my you know clientele and everything and it was hard because I was also going through a divorce. Mm -hmm. I was working three jobs and
0: What kind of jobs were you working? So
1: I worked weddings Weddings, for another company I worked um, for Estee Lauder company, I worked for Mac and also did hair behind the chair. So I, I worked a lot of hours um, and I had to because I was so afraid of not being able to pay my bills because when you first start out, I mean, you don't make any money, Sure, you know, like you have to completely rebuild and you have to get the consistency in your pay. If nobody shows up, you're not going to get paid. Of course. So, I mean, I lived super below my means. I lived with roommates. I lived in this like dingy little pink house, you know?
0: it sounds kind of cute actually I
1: mean it you're had a like... charm you know um it was interesting sure and I couldn't wait to get out of there okay, okay. so um lived super below my means and um kept my bills actually under a thousand dollars okay including groceries like I lived super below my means and even like when I started really having money come in I still kind of lived like that um just because I wanted to reinvest and I knew like offering extensions at a higher level of luxury was Mm going to be the end goal so when did you start bringing extensions into the business so I started bringing extension in pretty early on in my career I started off with tapes because that was Mm -hmm. the fastest and easiest accessible certification you could do and then when I had enough money to pay for you know like Great lengths. That's mm-hmm. what I first started off with. Then I did that because that's what I had always worn. So I knew I wanted to offer that. Sure. And, um, definitely put me in a different type of category as a hair extensionist. Mm-hmm. What hair brands do you work with now? So I work with Great Lengths, Tiffany Scott, Muse, also Platinum Seamless. I work with a couple different ones depending on the hair texture and lifestyle of the client.
0: When did you get to a point where you were like, okay, hey, this is pretty lucrative. I'm making much more than just to cover my bills and a little bit more. Mm -hmm. Tell me some of the, like the stepping stones to getting there. What was that like? What did it feel like in the process?
1: I think when I had my first weekly $2,500 check, I was a commission stylist. Um, And so my goal was like, if I can make $2,500 consistently over a course of eight weeks, then it's time to go out on my own.
0: Did you give yourself like quarterly goals or half year or yearly?
1: Oh, yes. Um, my goal always is to make more. Sure. You know, so. You always want to grow. Exactly. Why
0: wouldn't you want to keep
1: growing? That's right. And so definitely set myself monthly, daily, weekly, um, quarterly, and yearly goals. And I do check ins with that all the time and hold myself accountable. I think self-discipline is a big factor in being successful.
0: Absolutely. Now, I I believe we mentioned on our last podcast, you said that one of the things earlier on in your career is that you chose to, again, choose self-discipline. And a lot of times when people your age were wanting to go out or I'm not going to go into the salon today, whatever it may be, you were still showing up for your business educating yourself.
1: Yes I showed up when other um, stylists didn't want to show up. I mean I still show up at 6 a.m or five thirty a.m to do clients hair.
0: And that's very rare.
1: It's very rare. You know rare. what I know it. Very very rare. Very rare. And but those are the clients that are my ideal client. They are all entrepreneurs. They don't have time to be there at 11 o'clock when they're running a successful business. It's either before your normal time or after, you know? That's a really
0: good point. So which leads me to the question, what are some of the mistakes that most stylists make in their business?
1: First one, which is the most important one, is overhead people spend too much on their overhead it really should not be more than 20 percent of the total and we're all guilty of this we are selling so we're also excellent buyers when people want to sell us things sure okay so we purchase too much inventory for what we actually need and then you sit on it and you never end up using it Mm -hmm. Um, you really should get what you actually need and not be Falling into the trap of just being a consumer. Like, you're here to make money. Like, get what you need. Absolutely. And charge your client accordingly for what you're using on them. I mean, we all gotta eat.
0: Yes. yes. Now, you can still love and care for your clients. Yes. But it can still be a business transaction as well. Totally. What are your thoughts on that? Because a lot of people, I hear stylists say, well, I just, I, I feel bad charging my clients more because I love them. You've heard the story.
1: I mean, yes, but. They should love you enough that they want you to live life without having to worry of how to pay your mortgage, how to further your career. Um, I'm sure they're not going to question their plastic surgeon or their doctor, why they're charging what they're charging. They're mm-hmm. going to have to pay it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Now, can you give us an example? You say keep your overhead, tw- did you say 20% mm-hmm. tw- at 20% maximum?
1: yes. Give us an example of of that. So let's just talk about a basic color, um, which brings me actually into our next problem Mm -hmm. that I think is made a lot. Um, Basic color, so there is being taught a lot, like doing a set price for certain type of looks. Like you have a transformative service, you tell your client it's $400, includes your gloss, everything, blah, blah, blah. It's very trending in the industry. It's very trending in the industry. You're kind of being put in a box. Because mm-hmm. this is what your clients expects, and they're going to expect to look a certain way. Oh yeah. Your client starts sitting in your chair, and you're like, "Oops, I have to use actually ten bowls of lightener today." Well, there you go. Your overhead already is exceeding your eighty dollars of a four hundred dollar service. Sure. and a scoop of lightner counts. It does
0: because it does add up over a
1: year. Two it years, does. five years. It does, and everything's getting more expensive. So. Yes, you can have a set price, but there has to be a product charge in there that you calculate in. If it goes over a certain amount, then yes, charge accordingly, because otherwise you're really not making $320. Right, no. You're making maybe 150 and you worked six hours four hours on this person and you're like oh my gosh I really only made this today like I'm losing money. Sure
0: or you get to the end of the month or the end of the year and you're like wow I felt like I worked so hard or I felt like I did this totally and you did I was in the salon this many hours but then when you look at what you have left over Mm -hmm. you may be finding yourself
1: going how?
0: Yeah, and exactly. It's because it
1: adds up. Because here's the thing you not only have 20% overhead, you're also having taxes on there. Mm-hmm. So if you're paying, I mean, depending on your state, I can sure. only talk for Florida. Um, if you're paying your 30% taxes on top of that, I sure. mean, you're giving away 50% ultimately. So if your overhead is 30, 40, 50%, You're only ending up with 20% total. And this is something I think, and not try to mock any other method of teaching people how to achieve 100K behind the chair. It's like you're teaching these girls and guys that working three days a week doing two clients a day or one client a day charging $500 is going to push you to 100K behind the chair. It is not mm-hmm. your overhead, your taxes, you're maybe walking away if you're lucky, it was sixty five thousand. And it puts you in a box. You're never learning how to upsell, how to make your client experience better, to get to the next level. You're mm-hmm. kind of stagnant. you Absolutely. know so that's another big thing. I feel like it's teaching. Putting in the least amount of effort and getting the most payout, but really you're not getting the most payout. You're not getting
0: nearly as much as you think you are, or exactly it feels like you are that day. Yes, exactly. Yeah, you're not making the five hundred dollars.
1: Exactly. Actually. Yes. So I think that's like a big thing in our industry. I mean, being a multiple six figure stylist takes way more than seeing one client a day for five hundred dollars. Sure.
0: Yes. Unless yes. you're doing, again, like you do. Yeah. Incredible transformations. Yeah. You
1: do. It, you it, have exactly. a certain process
0: that you do as well. Yes. But you also have sometimes like one client, but it's like a major situation. It's it not is. a $500 client. No. Well, at another zero.
1: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> at least. Yes. So. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. And even then, sometimes I can see two clients a day.
0: Sure. Going back to overhead, tell us about your overhead? Do you have an assistant? What's your salon situation?
1: So I don't have an assistant. I used to. um, But a lot of time that takes more time, more micromanaging. Um, It can slow you down at times. Um, And I rent a chair. I don't uh, own my own salon. So big misconception in the industry that you have to own a salon.
0: Yeah so let's break that down a little bit Mm -hmm. because I often find and again there's nothing wrong with it. The cool thing about the beauty industry and the hair industry is that you can literally do anything you want. Totally. Anything. So often we see stylists that okay I graduated school I'm going to be an assistant. An assistant leads to a stylist and then I'm an, I'm a stylist let me get my first assistant. Totally. I'm busy let me get my second assistant. Sometimes it's my third assistant because I'm double or triple booked and then I'm so busy. I need to open my own salon. I have my own salon. Maybe I need to open another salon that I would say is more the traditional path. Would you Mm -hmm. agree?
1: I, I would agree with that,
0: but there's so many other pathways to success Mm -hmm. and to each their own. But I think it's very interesting how you have built your unique path to success and not just any level of success, half a million dollars a year success. Mm -hmm. And you're still only getting started. Totally. Yeah. So, why did thinking differently or creating your own unique path in the industry make sense to you?
1: Because we're all so unique and there are so many different clients and so many paths for everyone. I feel like traditional, that might have worked years ago, but the industry is so changing all the time that I think you kind of have to see what works the best for you. I don't want to micromanage multiple people. I mean, I can, but ultimately I don't want to. I think for my piece, in my mind, I think me doing my own thing, maybe have an assistant here and there, and maybe having one more person for me, uh, working for me in the future. I mean, that could be a possibility, but I wanna focus more on education, um, coaching, Working by myself. Working by myself. She's like <laughs> working by myself. Traveling when I want to. Yeah. Doing fun things like this, which ultimately is work as well. But because we love what we do, it sure. feels awesome. And, and it's
0: different. And it's, it's it flexible. Is. And it's still a freedom lifestyle, which you and I both totally value very much
1: and this is what is so fun in our industry is making connections like this and you know this a lot of stylists are not like this they're kind of by themselves like seeing what sure. like other people do and I think the beauty of this is people are being less like that there is no gatekeeping anymore yeah. and that's There's certainly like. a lot less totally yeah. and that's why I think you know rich stylists Academy has been so successful because you created a beautiful community of stylists that all are like-minded. And I think that is huge. And we need more of that.
0: Thank you. The The community is literally the greatest thing ever. Like, oh, I love you, it. The people like it is just the coolest, no gatekeeping loud, cheering each other on totally. type of community that I've ever experienced. Um, I agree. Now, le- so speaking of that, mm-hmm. you first became a part of our community when we first started.
1: I know, yeah, so exciting in 2019. Yeah, Rich Sauce
0: 2019. And we are in the end of 2023 right now.
1: Yes, so I think I'm like one of the founding members yeah. and I've been in it ever since. Yeah. And it's super fun. I feel like it's amazing how you guys help others and seeing them grow and having their success stories. And I mean, it definitely helped me, you know, when I joined. What
0: Kind of sparked your interest, or what were you looking for at the time? Because you were already making a lot of money, and I was. knew how to do technical. So, what was it for you that you were looking for that sparked your interest? I would say
1: so. Definitely, I was at a point where I either had to work less or make a lot more money. Because I mean, it felt like I was working a lot and not seeing the growth because of you know taxes, sure, all that stuff. And I was like, I really want to focus on restructuring my business and kind of doing some rebranding and making it more tailored to what my ideal client is and catering to that client. And so when I found out about Rich Stylist, I was like, this sounds like something that I really want to do. And so I joined and I thought it was the best thing ever I feel like I've taken so many different courses and classes and it definitely doesn't match up to what you guys have
0: we had a great time in Vegas too with we our we did we had a,
1: well um uh, retreat in, yes
0: when was that it was right 2020 the was January of 2020 right totally. before the pandemic yes a handful of us with our mastermind retreat were mm-hmm. in Vegas and is that has that been well, it was right before COVID. So
1: four years, That was the last trip I took before COVID. And I mean, I was so so amazing. And I still talk to the girls that were at that mastermind retreat. It was awesome. And some of them are here today
0: for the, the Charlotte meetup. Totally. So it's really, really cool.
1: Yeah, I love it. So one of the things I've taken, like I mentioned, a bunch of other education too. And like one thing I noticed, you have all these lifetime support groups but there is no real support in there like it's kind of like you're in it and nobody ever posts or you know like you don't feel like they're showing up for you
0: like, like it says lifetime but it's like a few videos that you could yeah you could watch the video for the next 10 years or if you post to. one
1: time and it takes five days for somebody to answer you know I feel like that is so different about your community like people really show up And once you're in it, you're in it. And, you know, there is accountability. You can rely on an answer in a timely matter if you have a question. And I feel like the engagement in the group is just awesome.
0: Yeah, I would agree. The
1: problem with education, as you know, is you see so many educators come and go. And then you take a class and then they're gone. Like the next month, everyone's just in for the quick bucks. And... I feel like you guys have been there for five years consistently. Um, Actually, like before that, but with this specific program, and you're obviously here to stay because the group keeps growing, and it's just amazing.
0: When we say lifetime mentorship, we mean it.
1: Well, that's good. Yeah Because most people don't mean that. So we love a good accountability. Yeah. So you guys listen. She's here forever. (laughs) I am. You cannot
0: get rid of me. You cannot get rid of me.
1: Yes, but it's also inspiring, and I think it inspires me. So I think that's awesome.
0: Well, likewise, and that's one of the reasons that, okay, you you heard it here first. Tania is now, I'm calling her our 50K coach inside of Rich Stylist.
1: Super exciting. Yes,
0: yes. Tania is um, now coaching First Call Next Week inside of the community and helping Extensionists with their money, their finances, ask Tania anything. It's going to be epic. I'm so excited. I'm
1: super excited too. And I mean, honestly, both of you, um, me and Alex, we realized after the last podcast that, I mean, people really need help and like business structure and finance, especially in the hair world. You just don't get that. Mm-hmm. taught in school well because
0: I even in cosmetology schools I think that people still look at it as well it's just a beauty thing yeah it's, it's still sort of just a hobby I think it's ingrained maybe in some of the educators in school like they still don't own it as like this no. is an incredible career where you have you can have a limitless type of income
1: totally and I think you know a lot of that is changing so I think it's great that people are actually taking their finances in the beauty world seriously and they don't look at it as like a fast cash business and Absolutely. And you can show up tomorrow at work. You make that money back. Like we don't look at it that way anymore. We look at like creating multiple streams of income. We're looking at retirement, you know, growing. So that's really exciting. And so I'm excited to be in the group showing up. And
0: well, I- we're so excited and honored to have you speak on all those topics that you you implement, you work on. And to share that with the community even more closely is going to be surreal. We totally. can't wait. But let's talk about something really cool that you have coming up yeah. as well. A new annual type of thing.
1: Yes, which will actually go hand in hand yes. with this because you get the best of both worlds. Yep. A little bit of me here and a little bit of me That's there. Right. And it can be combined. Yeah. So planning a huge um, retreat. It's completely transformative in January. And ever since I've taken your retreat, um, I've been wanting to do yeah. one. And this one's definitely more business oriented. Um, people are going to learn my signature $1,500 makeover that takes three hours. Mm. So potential of making $4,500 and plus in a day, seeing three clients. Um, but a lot of it is business focus and. Managing your finances, learning your overhead, um, realizing the power of a consultation, realizing who your client is that sits in mm-hmm. front of you. I think it's like something very unique that I come up with. And I know you guys are going to be there too. Yes, we so, will be. Um, definitely super excited about that.
0: I'm looking forward to your retreat so much. And one of the things I wanted to share with you, because I love you so much, as a colleague as a bestie is that you inspire me so much to continue to want to grow. Um, I admire your self-discipline, your commitment to the industry, your commitment to your business because it is something that's rare to find um, really across all industries but especially in the hair industry because it has a little bit of a stigma. But I have always loved and admired you so much for how you've taken it like so damn seriously from the very beginning and it makes me want to do the same in rich stylists and across our businesses and such. So it's very it's so important to have a friend that inspires you to keep going and to keep building. And you definitely do that. And I love your lifestyle and I love you.
1: Well, don't we We're love sisters. it all? Yes. <laughs> well, I feel like we truly weren't meant to meet each other because I mean, we are besties Yes. Yeah. and I feel like so inspired by you too, because I feel you truly do what you say and you show up. And I think that's very rare because people will just make promises and they don't follow through. Like you actually follow through. And I love that we inspire each other. Yeah. Well, thank you for
0: coming back on the podcast for of course. number two. And I'm sure we'll do more podcasts together in the future. Every week. Every week. And tune in to our, <laughs> to our ASMR. Cash. making money <laughs> um i'm excited for your coachings your ongoing coachings yes. inside of rich Stylus, all about money and finances Love and it. really looking forward to your annual january retreat coming up pretty soon after the i holidays. know
1: it's very soon it's becoming very serious so come which hang with us then
0: we'll see you yes. there I hope you loved this conversation with Tania. And if you want to take a look at Tania's luxury extensionist retreat that's happening in Florida, January 2024, send Tania a direct message on Instagram. Her Instagram details are going to be in our show notes below. And tell her that you heard about her retreat on the Rich Styles podcast. We would love to see you at her retreat and also inside of Rich Styles Academy. We love you and we are wholeheartedly committed to supporting you and your hair extension business. We will see you in the next episode.